Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon and welcome. Sunny Monday here in western Pennsylvania. Very lovely day, isn't it? Kath, good to see you. Thank you, John. Mm, pleasure. I'm glad to be here on this uh, Monday before Thanksgiving. It's a holiday, isn't it? It uh, feels like it's a holiday. Do, do you think it does? Oh, yeah, definitely. Is that definitely. because of your joyful, ebullient spirit? Well, well that, of course. No, it just feels as though, we, you know, three-day work week for a lot of people, and for those of you who don't, our apologies, but it, it feels as though the holiday is here. It, it, so much so that traffic is pretty much non-existent. I had no traffic getting in here today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I was really glad for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just rejoicing in the fact that all my grocery shopping's done. Oh, good. I feel good about that because, you know, for those of us who cook the big meal, right. the the grocery trip kind of hangs over your head. Of course. And it's the thing that I think about when I lay down in bed and I think, oh, what am I going to do that? Right. What am I going to do that? And what if they don't have what you need? Exactly. And you don't want to wait till the end because no, I'm telling no, no. you, you don't want to be the person like I was last year who I couldn't find a turkey last year. You couldn't find, oh, there was a turkey shortage last year. Mm-hmm. But you there got was, a turkey this year. There was, a, and remember, I didn't have a kitchen, and so I wasn't oh, sure I was right. cooking it. And then I finally had to get one. Anyway, they had not one uh, turkey at Giant Eagle. Really? Not one. Not this weekend, but I mean last oh, year. Oh, last year. And the very nice man uh, who worked behind the uh, meat counter at the Camp Horn location told me that I should go where I should go, and mm-hmm. I did find one. Last year. Uh-huh. And this year, this you year got I'm a turkey. This year, I'm good, because we went to the Springhouse. And... Oh, man. Marsha hooked us up. Right. Right. We, we got, got a turkey. We got fresh turkeys, and we're good to go. But I got my pumpkin, my cranberries, my stuffing. Mm-hmm. Now, you, as the primary cook for the holiday gathering, yes. you, you are going to assemble what? You're cooking what? The turkey? I'm cooking the turkey, mashed potatoes, sweet oh. potatoes, oh. green bean casserole. Well, that's a lot. Um, Holy moly. Gravy, of course. Uh, Brussels sprouts. Ooh, what's what are the guests bringing? Nobody, nothing. Nothing. No. What you don't assign like dishes? No. What? No, I'm done. I'm, I'm cooking. I'm the host. But in our house, we we assign. Okay, you're going to bring this. You're going to bring that. Sometimes we're that doing works. the turkey yeah. and X. Right? Not this year. People just show up empty-handed. Not this year because oh, because you're like showing off your no, new kitchen. No, 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 no. Because my niece has just had surgery. Oh, of course. So, right. so, so she's all, right. one of the stalwarts. Exactly. So we're not doing that. All right, good. So I'm happy to do it. And, of course, we have two pumpkin pies and a cranberry cake for dessert. Mm, fabulous. Best wishes mm-hmm. to Meg. Uh, yeah, surgery. exactly. Hope she's okay. Exactly. We love you, Meg. Very good. All right. All right. Let's look at the day. It's so hot. It's How has this happened here? Is this your house? I mean, our house is, you know, sort of in the 60s. But it's somehow at, work, at the workplace, it's, it's so like, hot in here. It's like 95 degrees. We're on here. the surface of the sun. Yeah. We just want to say that. I mean, really. it's It was really cold outside. When you come in here and all of a sudden, I'm like all sweaty. Exactly. Thank goodness for it's antiperspirant. Not, it's- I'm just saying. I'm very grateful for your I am too. Friend. Thank you. You know, that's thing you want is a sweaty co-host, that's right? That's for sure. All right. Enough of that bodily fluid stuff, huh? <laughs> Can we get to the news? Please. I beg you. All right. Without further ado, give us a top four at four. Top four at four. There we go. Oh. There we it go. was the fan. It's a holiday our, weekend. Our, our fan was distracting. Can I have a Kleenex? Yeah, sure, John. There we go. For Monday, November 21st, 2022. Thank you. Number one. 
A strong shallow earthquake toppled buildings and walls on Indonesia's densely populated main island of Java today, killing at least 62 and injuring hundreds of people as they fled into the street. It was a magnitude 5.6 quake, which shook the region on the west part of the island at a depth of about six miles, causing panic in the greater Jakarta area. High rises were swaying. Imagine how scary that would be. 5,000 people evacuated. There were at least 25 aftershocks. Now, of course, we know that because Indonesia is along the Ring of Fire, Mm -hmm. that earthquakes are a thing that happens there. Volcanoes are a thing that happened there. However, not usually felt in Jakarta, the main capital. You've been there. So I have been there. Uh, It's an enormous city uh, filled with an incredible number of people. And imagining an earthquake there is just, it's really something. It's from CBS News. Number two. Speaking of Indonesia, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin met his Indonesian counterpart today to push stronger defense ties amid growing Chinese naval activity in that region. So normally, they try to maintain a pretty good relationship between Indonesia and China. Indonesia certainly tries to be neutral, but China is very, very close to them. Of course, China kind of acts like they own the whole region, right? Um The visit to Indonesia comes less than a week after leaders of the G20 met on the uh, resort island of Bali, which is a pretty nice place to meet. Yeah. Why? None of our meetings happen. Never. We never get to Bali. Yeah, we'll work on that. Okay. We go in the conference room. (laughs) It's just not the same thing. Anyway, uh, Jakarta has expressed concern about Chinese encroachment on its exclusive economic zone Mm -hmm. in the South China Sea. China doesn't think it's exclusive. They just shrug their shoulders. Right. Number three. Speaking of earthquakes... A New Zealand-led team of marine geologists investigating an underwater volcano that erupted on January 15th. Okay, so this is, we're like, you know, 11 months in. In the Tongan Archipelago in the South Pacific Ocean have found it was the largest ever recorded with modern equipment. Really? Yes. The Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai Volcano. Love it. Right? It, it triggered a tsunami and a sonic boom that twice circled the globe. What? Remember when this happened? We talked about the yeah, fact yeah. that the sonic boom went Anyway, what they released today was dramatic. I mean, really cool satellite imagery of what that looked like when it happened. So it was... I'm trying to remember. I don't think I know how far below the seafloor or the, the, the surface of the sea it was. But uh, it displaced uh, 10 cubic kilometers of seafloor, which is the equivalent of 2.6 million Olympic-sized pools. How many? 2.6 million Olympic-sized <laughs> pools. And the eruption reached record heights. It's the first ever that they have seen that broke through oh the mesosphere. I mean, the pictures, you have to go online and see the photographs. It's absolutely amazing. On Can you imagine ABC just being like a little fish swimming news. around? Com. I know. All of a sudden, ah, just seeing that. Outrageous. I'm a fish. And number four, thanks to inflation, your true love will have to spend a pretty expensive penny when showering you, John Hall, with turtle doves, golden rings, and dozen drummers this holiday season. The cost for the dozen items outlined in the 12 days of Christmas hit a record high this year of $45,523.27, a 10.5% leap from Mm, last year. mm. And that is your top four at four. 10% increase. Exactly. I wonder what rose the most. Was it the gold, um, turtle doves, uh, I'm happy you Lords asked. The five, gold, uh, the five golden rings are up 39.1% uh-huh, this uh-huh. year. Yeah, that looks like the biggest mm-hmm. uh, encroachment. Two turtle doves, though, are uh, up 33.3%. Really? Mm-hmm. We have turtle doves in our backyard. 
Do you love the sound of a turtle nest? I don't even know what that oh, sound it's is. Oh, a little and cooing I'm, sound. Uh, oh, then I do know it. That is a very, that's a nice very sound. Very soothing sound. I didn't know that was a turtle dove mm, sound. Very nice. One partridge in a pear tree is up 25.8. Uh-huh, because a pear, right? All right. Maybe it's because of the partridge. Maybe, or the pear. All right, so uh, it's Monday, right? What do we do on Monday? Uh, we talked to Greg Clugston that's live right. from the White House. Mm, that's where we're going to head next, to our nation's capital. Imagine how how slow the nation's capital is right now, or not. Greg Clarkson will bring us up to date in just a few minutes. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home. Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Score a pair with a pens. We have two pairs of great seats for the Wednesday, November 29th game versus the Hurricanes, and we want to share them with our Word FM family. To be entered into the drawing, we need two sentences telling us why you want to go. Put those two sentences in an email and send it to us at contests at SalemPittsburgh.com. That's contests at SalemPittsburgh.com. Crosby scores! The game's coming, so fire up that email to us right now. Contest at SalemPittsburgh.com. Let's go, Pens! Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is a problem, markets are volatile, and the risk of running out of money in retirement is real. That's why I love annuities, and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year, and when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts. And that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500. And we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low-fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Friday, December 2nd, Memorial Park Church presents a free Christmas benefit concert with Nicole Nordman. Along with special guest Jason Gray. Your Goodwill offering will help support the work of EduNations, a nonprofit committed to educating students in Sierra Leone. Nicole Nordman with Jason Gray, 7 p.m. December 2nd. Get free tickets now at edunations.org slash concert. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Make time during the busy holiday season to prepare your heart for Christmas. Request the Advent devotional titled, The Dawn of Redeeming Grace, from Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. In 24 brief daily readings, author and theologian Sinclair Ferguson unpacks the birth narratives in Matthew's Gospel to shed new light on this familiar story. Donate and ask for your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. It's Monday. It's the nation's capital. Greg Clugston joins us every Monday at this time. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. And, of course, he brings us up to date goings on in and around Washington, D.C. Greg, welcome back and uh, happy Thanksgiving week to you. 
Yes, happy Thanksgiving week. Good to be here, guys. Hi, John, Kathy. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, A few days early, Greg. Hope that you're looking forward to having a fun celebration on Thursday. We'll talk about that a little more before we're done today. Um, But let's talk first off about the fact that former President Trump has declared that he is going to run again. Um, John, you and I both watched Mm -hmm. the events unfold. Uh, You were actually in person there, Greg, um, sending us text messages here and there. Please tell us what it was like. Yeah, it was it was a typical uh, Trump event in that you had a crush of of media news media coverage there, all the networks and cable channels and radio and newspapers and wire. Uh, it was it was a typical setup in that sense. And then uh, there in the ballroom uh, at Mar-a-Lago, you had uh, several hundred allies and supporters of of the former president who were there to hear this announcement. It was widely anticipated, of course, going into the night that he was going to use that event to announce his his running for re-election which he of course did Mm -hmm. although there were any number of conversations going on even just an hour or two beforehand of people just wondering out loud is it possible that we're all here and then he won't announce that he's running Mm -hmm. for 2024 which would have been you know you know the big dupe on everybody but uh, he, he he of course went ahead and did it um and then proceeded to give you know an hour long plus speech uh there uh on tuesday evening and uh so you know, with his official announcement, we're, you know, we're sort of off and running for 2024. It's hard to believe that, you know, two years out, but uh, this is where we're at right now. Two years out. That is a long way. Hey, talk about Mar-a-Lago. Have you been there before? I had never been there before. And to be honest, we uh, in the media and the press did not get a chance to to see much of the property. We kind of we came through a, a side uh, entrance from the street, uh, went through security and then quickly into the back entrance of that ballroom. Mm-hmm. And we were cordoned off in the rear part of that, uh, you know, where the TV risers and cameras and the radio plug-ins and everybody else in the filing center. It's all in the back of that uh, facility. And that's uh, that was all we, we could really see. But what we could see in the ballroom, obviously, uh, decked out in gold and uh, more than a dozen chandeliers hanging from uh, from the ceiling. So it's uh, it's quite the appointed place from the limited view that I had. Mm-hmm. So what happens, Greg? I mean, 2024 is still a couple years away. What happens if Trump doesn't have the backing that people are expecting he's going to have, like even when primary season rolls around? Sure. Well, that's that's the open question. And what's interesting is there were uh, over the weekend in Las Vegas at this Republican Jewish coalition conference. Well, let me just let me give you the list of some of the uh, the people who were speaking there. Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, Chris Christie, Larry Hogan and Donald Trump, who appeared live by video. Um, so if the 2024 campaign hasn't been officially kicked off, then I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to describe uh, this this season of life right now. But but to answer your question, Kathy, is that we heard um, at that coalition conference over the weekend uh, from a number of those speakers, while Trump's name was not maybe mentioned specifically uh, or overtly by a lot of the speakers, it was clear that they were saying that uh, there are going to be some challengers for Donald Trump this time, as there were in 2016, of course, the first time that he ran. But uh, the deference that has been shown to Donald Trump uh, during his time in office and the two years since he's left office looks to be sort of eroding a little bit. So there are some vocal Republicans who have aspirations of the White House. And so we're going to be seeing what would look to be 
a pretty uh, vibrant Republican field going forward. Interesting. Well, 2024 does seem to be a long way off. So, of course, a lot can happen between now and then. Uh, so, Greg, uh, speaking of time, um, we know that uh, recently the president, President Biden, celebrated his 80th birthday. He, of course, is you know sort of teasing his run for president in 2024. Can you talk about the president at 80 years of age? Yeah, the birthday was yesterday, and they had a they had a family celebration yesterday. The White House told us last week that uh, the Bidens often will celebrate uh, Joe Biden's birthday the night before Thanksgiving, as the family is gathering for the holiday. Well, this past weekend, as I know you guys were talking about last week, uh, there was a Biden family wedding at the White House this weekend. So his his granddaughter got married. And so the family was already here in town and at the White House. And so they had a special family brunch and a celebration yesterday for Joe Biden. But 80 years old, he, of course, when he came into office um, almost two years ago, was the oldest president ever elected. He, you know, he came into office at age 78. We all remember. uh, And of course, right before him, it was Donald Trump who up until that time had been the oldest president of the United States. So as we talk about the announcement last week from Donald Trump that of his reelection bid in 2024 and with the possibility, if not strong possibility of Joe Biden running for reelection, uh, we would be looking at again, aside from anybody else who would be running a couple of uh, 78 and 80 year olds uh, who are throwing their hat in the Holy ring. Smoke. It's like the geezers from uh, the Muppet show. <laughs> right, the two, they are. <laughs> the two ones that complain from the, the heck. Yeah. Right. Well, Up on so, the balcony. Yeah. Right, so all of the, the challengers that you mentioned, Greg, you know, the Nikki Haley's, the Chris Christie's, the Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. they look like positively adolescent <laughs> in comparison. Yeah. yeah. They do, and yeah. they may not be that far off from Medicare themselves, but you're right. In comparison, <laughs> right, right, you're right. The contrast is stark. Yeah. Come and sit on Santa's knee. Oh, what the heck? Oh, my yeah. God. Right, so speaking of old age, and of course, that's what we're doing, speaking of old age, Nancy Pelosi, she herself, the oldest of the old people we've been talking about, <laughs> 82. And uh, yeah. the, the good news is she's going to quiet quit in a way, right? She's going to step down from leadership <laughs> and just do some basic work. Right. She was, of course, reelected uh, this this past week or a couple of weeks ago in the midterms. Uh, but she did announce that she, while she will remain in Congress, she is going to step down from her leadership position uh, in the House. And so that means, of course, the Democrats aren't going to have control of the House, so she won't be House Speaker. But even so, she would have been the Democratic leader. But she is stepping aside, as are the other top, uh, as are the top three Democratic leadership, all in their late 70s, early 80s. And so, yeah, she said, basically, it's it's time for, you know, a new generation of Democratic leadership. And uh, that's that's what we're going to see, at least on the Democratic side. But it's very interesting whether you're talking about the Supreme Court, whether you're talking about leadership in Congress uh, or White House aspirants. Uh, we're, we're talking a, a healthy age category what here the into their 70s. and yeah. 80s. I mean, you know, I'm getting old. Maybe I'll get my AARP card you or look- run for office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's your time. How old is Mitch McConnell? You have any idea? Mitch McConnell. You know, I don't have that off the top of my head, but um, he's no spring chicken. No, he's not. No, he's not. But I, I would guess in his 70s, but I'd have to double check. Right. Yeah. Our apologies for this ageism segment. <laughs> Greg, Greg Cluxton with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Um, before you leave us, I want to ask about the railroad strike. Um, this is something that a lot of people are concerned about. It's something we were all concerned about a couple of months ago, and then it was pushed off. Um, what do we know about where things stand now? 
Well, there was a vote by um, a couple of the larger uh, railroad unions earlier today, mm -hmm. and essentially you had them rejecting what this latest offer was going to be. And this was a this was a a, a, a deal, a contract proposal that was brokered by the Biden administration. We all know that Joe Biden loves to talk about being pro-union, and this has been kind of a sore yeah. spot for the administration yeah. to have. Uh, the unions, you know, bickering over here about these these deals. You remember, you know, last year going into the Christmas season, we were talking about shortages and supply chain problems and those kinds of issues. Yeah. Well, a railroad strike uh, would also pro would provide that kind of uh, problem for the United States in terms of, uh, you know, getting goods and, and services, um, you know, especially obviously goods transported across the country. So there would be a ripple effect through the economy potentially. So we're looking at a deadline that's two weeks away from today. Oh. And right now, um, five, at least five of the unions out of the 12 that are working in the railroad sector have said no, and they need all 12 to sign on. So it's really? going to take some arm twisting here in the next couple of weeks. Interesting. We come from a railroad family. Do you know the railroad song? The railroad song. I've been working on the railroad. Yeah, I've been working on the railroad. All the live long day. Yeah, and sure. dying to blow your horn, right? Sure. I mean, what the heck? We need dying to now more than so, ever. And you know what? Someone's in the kitchen with her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Greg Clugston with us. Don't even go there. As our, yeah. as White House. Talk about showing our age. Yeah. <laughs> White House correspondent. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, Greg. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be opening our phone lines to ask our listeners if they want to. Um, Nominate a side dish that they particularly love in their family, you yeah. know, something they feel like the greater public should know. Mm -hmm. So we're turning to you, Greg. Do you have favorite, a, a side, favorite dishes? side dishes? And if you do, what are they? What would the side dish be? Wow. I, I love I love just about everything that's mm -hmm. a part yeah. of the Thanksgiving meal. It's great, isn't it? So it's hard. You know, and, and I would have to say that I've almost every year we've had just very what you would call traditional, yeah. um, you know, elements of yeah. the meal. Um, although I know macaroni and cheese has been getting, you know, ahead of steam here the last Big few time. years. I've, and um, I'm not opposed to that at all. Mm. So that's kind of a that's kind of a new oh, so you're supporting, that's a newer one. Hey, you like, you're yeah, supporting the rookie mm -hmm. choice of macaroni and cheese. Um, now, we haven't had macaroni and cheese, though. I'm very committed to the cranberry. How do you feel about that? I love the cranberry. Mm. I, I like it in both forms. Now, our family oh. is divided over. Yeah, I'll take it either way. About like the the weird thing that looks like the can? Yeah, the log. You love yeah. the can. Well, I don't. I don't think I love the can. I, I mean, think it's a little weird. No, it's good. Okay, right. it is good. Yeah. Okay. How Terrific. about scalloped potatoes? You do scalloped potatoes? No, but I love. Yeah, I love, me too. Yeah, yeah. That's not. We that's not a low calorie those, food. We do that. Yeah. yeah. Green beans. We bean don't usually casserole. do those Thanksgiving, but they are good. They are mm -hmm. very, very mm -hmm. good. Um, are you a white meat or dark meat guy, Greg? I I tend toward uh, toward white meat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing the Sorry, dark meat. Well, I can't believe we talked about you yesterday. We kind of like we're like, and Kathy likes white meat. We were kind of like, we, we were. We were like, really? How could you not like dark meat? I mean, it's not like I don't like it, but if I have a preference, really? I'm going to pick the white meat. The, the dark yeah, meat by far is yeah. like superior. It really is. I'm sorry, you guys. Greg and I can dine together. What the heck? Good to talk to you, Greg. Go. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. You're not working on Thanksgiving, are you? A uh, little bit. Oh. I'm working early in the morning, and I'm I'm home before before lunch. Okay, so that's, okay. All right, that's good. All right, all right. very nice. Sounds good. All right, a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Very nice. Thank you. Same. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, what are we talking? Oh, frustrated and leaving your church. Well, it might not be such a great idea. All right. Have you ever done this before? Oh, the grass is greener, and then you get there and you go, what happened?
You've all helped build MyPillow and the incredible company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. It's John Hall. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.99. And believe me when I say you'll get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retails at $89.98, now just $39.98 with promo code WORD. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954, use the promo code WORD, or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell. I'm an author, a registered nurse, and a mom and wife to some of the pickiest eaters on the planet. People say that eating healthy is bland and boring, but I'm here to show you a better way with wholesome, simple recipes. Watch Dashing Dish on Cornerstone Television, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eat better, feel great with Dashing Dish. Find us on Verizon Fios Channel 505 or Comcast Xfinity Channel 805. Alistair Begg is leading a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise August of 2023 and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered where he shared the gospel along historic cliffside villages. Renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. For details, simply call 855-565-5519 or log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped to you at prices less than big box retailers. And right now, save 45% off any order during Blindster's Black Friday sale. Hurry, sale ends November 27th. Blindster.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 24. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow. Quiet weather for early holiday travelers. A high 47. Clear skies tomorrow night. Low 28. Plenty of sunshine Wednesday with a high of 51. Taking a look at the Thanksgiving Day holiday Thursday. We'll see some sunshine. Expect a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Among the things that the pandemic has done is scrambled people's church attendance and or membership, right? Of course, church sure. attendance is down. Also, uh, people have decided to say, oh, I'm looking at a church on Zoom, and I'm going to go try those people out, right? Yeah, I, you know, my church was okay. Maybe 
before COVID. Right. Then maybe COVID hit and I didn't go anywhere. And so I've been kind of checking them out in the digital sense. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to show up and see what it's like. Looking for a better fit. Yeah. Right. Well, Dane Ortland, uh, we follow Dane on Twitter. And um, his brother, Gavin Ortland, right, one of the regular guests on our show, although we haven't seen Gavin for a while. His dad, Ray. Uh, right. He's yeah. Been on our show, too. Ray. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Dane Ortland tweets this, frustrated and considering leaving Church X for Church Y. Let me go ahead and burst the bubble for you. You're going to find even more reasons to be disappointed at Y than you did at X. Your contentment at your church is not about the church. It's about you. So dig in and serve. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's really good advice. But I don't think I would. I love Dane. I respect him a lot. I don't know if I'd tweet that simply because everybody is in a different place. Am I giving – I don't know if I'm I'm being too like uh, – You're being cautionary. Middle of the road about it. But I do feel like it's hard to say that everybody should stay at the church they No, are. no, right? I mean we live in a consumeristic society. That's the problem though, that people think, well, I'm just going to go shopping. That is a phrase, mm-hmm. a little church shopping. But I think especially if – you've been unhappy at your church for a long time, then it would behoove you to go and just see what some, you know, the other half, what, what they're doing. I don't have a problem with but, that. But the other half, it's not most likely going to be everything you ever wanted a there's church no to be because church. there is no perfect church. No, right. Of course not. And, and there's, don't you feel like there's something so rewarding about being at a church for a long time? Undoubtedly. A hundred percent. Okay, so I ended up after our church service yesterday in a really funny conversation with maybe about 10 people from my church. Mm -hmm. And here was the question I asked. We were all just sitting, uh, standing by the door. And I said, how old were you? Now, see, these people are all, I'd say, between 60 and 70, Mm -hmm. 60 and 75. What age were you when you started coming to this church? Oh, my goodness. There are people. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go around the circle because I remember it. Okay. So 24, 21, 23, mm. 52, 53, 21, and 22. Wow. That was, those were all the people. And then I won the contest because you know what my answer was? What? 18. Holy smokes. So all those decades. Three years. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing, but I, I, I think I'm going to stay. That's family. It is. And that's what you you get family mm-hmm. out of staying at a place for a really long time. Yeah. That's the beauty of it, the power of it. And, you know, to start fresh because you, what, you feel slighted or undervalued or unhappy with a pastor or you're upset with somebody. I don't know. Work it out. Figure it out. Yeah. For the most part. But I do get it. I mean, people leave. They come and go all the time. It's just how it is in America. How long have you been at your church? Uh, 15 years, I think. 15? And that was when we left our... And I thought about this the other day, because I was like, I love this church so much that I've been there for 15 years. And the other church I loved a a lot as well, but there was this, this... we lost our pastor, and then the place kind of imploded for a while. Mm. And things kind of got weird, so... uh, Like argumentative weird? Yeah. mm -hmm. And so I was like... To my wife, and she loved our church, our old church, and we left family behind. And when we run into people, it's like, oh, hey, you guys, you know, we sort of, we miss people, even though we love new people. 
15 right. years is still a long time. But had I stayed at that church, I would not be the person that I am at this church. There's been a change and a growth right. that I'm super grateful for. Right. So all things work for the good of God. Yeah. And here's the thing. Working, if, if you are working toward finding a new church home, God bless you mm-hmm. as you go to do it. Just remember as you're doing it that a, you might bring a lot of the same issues with you to your new church because a lot of them might be yours. Well, it's kind of like the same right? thing as a marriage, right? People get divorced and they go, I'm going to start you're still carrying your own junk around. You're still the same guy carrying that stuff around. So someone new is not going to solve all those crazy issues in your head. That's all. Anyway. I still do wish that we had a better bathroom with my church. Oh, it's what it is, right? Nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. You can no. just run down to the Sunoco station down the street if you really have to. That's desperation. That's right? how it works. Coming up next, we're going to talk about what it means to bring a Bible to someone who's never had one in their own language. Michael Woolworth, coming up next, the ride home. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. Each one of these men and women lived their lives, faced challenges in their lives, and overcame by faith and therefore they received a great reward because God is the rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Remember those old-fashioned holidays when the pace was slower and the food all tasted like grandma had been cooking all day just for you? You know what? She probably did. You know what else? At the Spring House in 84, we still cook all day long just for you. So even though your life is filled with running, we can make sure that you still enjoy an old-fashioned holiday. Call the Spring House now to order fresh turkeys. Not frozen, mind you, fresh, the only kind Grandma used. The aroma of a turkey roasting in your oven will fill the house with promises of what's to come. Let us prepare side vegetable dishes like Aunt Emma's breaded broccoli, sweet potato pie, or even real mashed potatoes. And don't you forget to order the dinner rolls and, of course, our own homemade pumpkin pies or even apple crumb. They seem to be the favorites this year. Call 228-3339 now and let us help you enjoy a real old-fashioned holiday. Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills. I haven't taken a vacation in years, and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash-out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is, when these annoying rates settle back down, she'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would look like for you, we are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. 
Live Chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. How's your Bible reading? It could always, always be, be better. better. Yeah, right. But at least if you've got a Bible to do it, right? A Bible? A Bible. I have like 18 Bibles. Do you? You 18? think with how many? I mean, that's just a total guess. Plus the but one I in bet the it's pocket. Not, I bet it's not too far off. 18. 18 Bibles, right. I bet. All right. So if you didn't have a Bible, it's one thing to say, I know God. But when you do your regular Bible reading... Then you really know God, right? I mean, the God's Bible is such an incredible gift to us. It's changed the sweep of history, humanity, and community. And here to talk to us about the Bible, the necessity of having your own Bible from the Bible League is Michael Woolworth. Hey, Michael, how are things? Hey, John, Kath, great to uh, talk with you for a few moments this week of uh, Thanksgiving. Um, my wife and I were arguing. She thought the majority of our guests would like natural cranberries. Mm-hmm. I still prefer it from the can, John Cat, mm-hmm. the oh. block, you know, when it comes out. Michael, but anyway, that's not weird to you that you, you, you know, it's like jiggling. It's a tradition. <laughs> My cranberry sauce jiggle jiggles anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyway, hey, John Cat, you have been incredibly kind to Bible League. Your listeners, extra kind. And uh, last week before we got together on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we effectively began at zero. We set a goal for ourselves as Word FM and Bible League to bless uh, 5,000 Bibleist persecuted believers around the world, people that we know by name in many uh, villages, cities, and regions of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. Let me tell you where we are right now. Because your listeners have chosen to get involved, I know at a time when it's difficult to ask, difficult to give, we're at 60% of that goal. So 3,000 Bibleist persecuted believers um, will now have God's Word in their own language at a level they can understand. To think that we're this close to Christmas means that these the brothers and sisters who've been denied God's word, who are living out their Christian walk in the day-to-day without um, a Bible of their own, can read for themselves the Christmas story. When uh, John writes, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we're grateful uh, for uh, for that progress. Uh, we need to wrap up December 4th. So we've got a little time to meet this goal, but uh, let me share a couple of needs, if I may, sure. that remain unmet. Yeah. And then uh, ask your listeners uh, to, to, uh, to uh, get involved with this. We take you to the Democratic Republic of the Congo, a pastor by the name of Rusus and his wife, three sons, eight, six, and four. One day those boys went missing. The, the congregation put together um, a search party. They found out that these boys had been killed, murdered, executed at the hands of a terrorist cell that hates Christians. Why? Because Christians stand for everything uh, that's right. Um, and yet they lovingly share the gospel with people that would oppose them in places like the Democratic Republic of the Congo, uh, formerly Zaire, there in sub-Saharan Africa. Now, listen, rather than retaliate in the midst of their grief, uh, grief, here's what this church did. They would go to neighboring villages where they knew these terrorists were hanging out, um, and they would invite them to learn about Jesus uh, using a Bible study from Bible League that, that teaches who is Jesus? Um, how is he both God and man? What's it mean to die to self and to put on Jesus in the day-to-day of living out for him? So they would go through that Bible study. And uh, John Kath, at the end of that, um, the total to date is that 143 people have come to place their faith in Jesus Christ. So we're telling you not only about the plight of persecuted believers around the world, but the fruit of their labor. They know Jesus is not to be kept to oneself. He's to be shared. And they never asked me, John Kath, to come on Word FM 
and uh, plead for listeners to ask God for an abrupt end to their suffering. They know he's working through it. They know Jesus is right there in the middle of their suffering. Um, what they pray for is an increased love for God, to obey him in all circumstances, to see those around them not as the enemy, but as the mission field. And um, and then they pray for Bibles, because this is a place in the Democratic Republic of the Congo where there's absolutely no access to the Bible. I know that's hard to understand when ours are so plentiful. Kathy said you have 18 Bibles around the house. I easily have that and then some. But um, it's, a, it's a place, it's a time, it's an era where persecution's on the increase, so Christians are forced to live out uh, their Christian walk um, without a Bible. But again, we're doing something about it. There's a need right now for, uh, let's round it up, 150 Bibles right now in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Let me thank uh, some of those that have gotten us to this point. Mark of Washington, thank you, Cynthia of Elwood City. We've heard from Caleb of Pittsburgh, Mark of West uh, Newton, uh, and then a uh, helping hand home care center from Cranberry Township, a gift of $1,000 enough for 200 Bibles. For John Cap, $5 will send a Bible. We're 60% of the way to our goal of 5,000 Bibles. That means that 3,000 will now have God's word. It's all because the Word FM listening family is choosing to get involved today. Fabulous. 1-800-YES-WORD is the number to call right now to be part of our Bible League campaign. Uh, time is running out, and we've said yes to the Bible League to the tune of 5,000 Bibles. So if you know your Bible, if you love your Bible, if you read your Bible, if the Bible has changed your life, your family's life, you see it in the fruits of your children, won't you please, especially during this Thanksgiving week, in a gift of gratitude, pass along that great gift of God's holy word to people who would love more than anything, more than anything, to have their very own copy of the Holy Bible. 1-800-YES-WORD, of course, online at wordfm.com. $5 is what it takes for one Bible. People have joined us all over the map. Maybe you could do, um, how about $60 will deliver 12 Bibles, or $100 will send 20 Bibles. Michael, you just said, somebody so kind, an organization here in the city of Pittsburgh, uh, a, a $1,000 $1, gift, that's almost 200 Bibles, Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's how that's how we get it done. It's every call with every every click today. And uh, John Kath, you know, here in America, if you follow Barter Research, they'll tell us that church growth is somewhat stunted. It's even, uh, you know, it's kind of going backwards a little bit, our prayers that that changes. But if you can find the evidence of these three things, you'll see incredible church growth. Let me tell you what it is. It's the evidence of, of Bible-believing churches. It's It's godly preachers. It's godly hearers that hear that word preached and live it out. And then thirdly, you know what it is? It's persecution. If you can find those three ingredients, I don't care if it's in Latin America, within the walls of communist China, inside India, on the continent of uh, Asia, if you can find those three things, that's where you see incredible church growth. Think about the stories that we've shared since I've been on the air a couple of weeks, uh, you know, last last week for a couple of days, within the walls of communist China. Again, that's where, that's where church's growth is really happening. And so uh, people ask me, you know, is getting a Bible to a persecuted believer, is that the best thing we can do for them? I mean, how about a, you know, how about something better? How about an airfare uh, out of out of China? If, if you're being persecuted to the point of being threatened with death, isn't, it, isn't an airline ticket uh, the best thing we could give? Well, you know, 
if that's where God has you planted, that's not an easy out. And so the, the, the answer is, can we give them what they need to persevere and endure? When you can open Romans 8, where Paul writes, you know, in the sufferings of this present time, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory to come. When you can go to Second uh, Peter 4, uh, or I should say First Peter 1, where Peter writes, in the testing of your faith, that is the persecution you face, you rejoice because it honors God both now and in glory. And then some perspective from Paul in Second Corinthians. He says, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. And then Jesus in the Great Commission, where he promises, I'm with you always. John Cat, I have met with heroes of the faith that have traveled the world on behalf of Bible The two of you, you've met with a lot of these uh, men and women as well. And, um, and, and, and you find out they have a fierce loyalty to the Lord. They know that you cannot kill, you cannot destroy the redeemed youth. You may be able to beat these people, put them in jail, um, reject them, threaten them with death, all of those things, but you cannot break the will, you cannot destroy they redeemed you. And that's why these brothers and sisters are crying out for the Bible today. Let me thank a few others, if I may. Raymond of Pittsburgh. We've heard from Abigail of New Kensington, Janice of uh, Carn City. Thank you, Nathaniel of Wilson, Wilkinsburg. And then Carl of Claysville, a gift of $1,000, a gift for 200 more Bibles. We are 60% of the way to our goal of 5,000, meaning 3,000 persecuted believers who had no hope of a Bible before last Tuesday when we kicked off this campaign now will have God's Word in their own language. That's wonderful. 1-800-YES-WORD. Won't you pick up your phone and join us right now? Uh, the time is clicking away here, and our, our goal of 5,000 Bibles to the Bible League. And, and Michael, this is so important. I mean, 1-800-YES-WORD, of course, and online at wordfm.com. But as we've said this many times before, this is not just a Bible. This is education and training that brings the Bible to life. Well, we never go into a village, and John, you've coined this phrase, uh, it's a real technical term, willy-nilly just give out Bibles, right? These are believers who have come through a, an evangelistic study. They've been connected to a local evangelical church. They've been baptized. We promise we'll walk with them through these local churches. We provide the materials. Why? They simply cannot access them there. They can't afford them. Listeners, that's where you come in. And so you can take comfort knowing that we're not just uh, leaving a box of uh, Bibles in the middle of a village. We're awarding these to people that, in essence, have earned them, Right. And the Bible before now has meant nothing to these people, but as they've explored Christianity, as they've come to read about the God who loves them, they, they, they know that they're now followers of Jesus. Why? They believe the gospel. They've repented of it. They're now connected to the local evangelical church. Um, they need exactly what, uh, what you and I need in the day-to-day -day of following Jesus. And that is a Bible in your own language. Again, let me thank Shirley of Butler. We've heard from Fred of Pittsburgh. Thank you, Elizabeth of Pittsburgh, Robert of Willow Grove, John of Pittsburgh, Philip of New Kensington. If I add that up, that's another 82 answers to prayer. We want to do that for 5,000 Bibleists, persecuted believers. You know, it's the season of giving. And uh, what a joy this week to let your family know, look, we've taken care of how many uh, persecuted believers that might be for you today. We're suggesting gifts of 20 Bibles at $100. Is it 30 at 150 for you? Again, we've had people get involved at $500, several at 1,000. 
John Kath, we'll get there. We've got a, a couple more weeks to reach this goal. We'll we'll sing the Hallelujah Chorus when we get there. It'll be gifts of all sizes. We've got a long way to go. We're grateful for every gift given so far. If there's a group that can get it done, it's the Word FM listening family. Amen and amen. All's to say that if you became a believer in Jesus when you were an adult and someone handed you your first Bible, then you understand the emotions, the feelings that went alongside that first gift of a Bible. So won't you please pass this along? Won't you join us? We love the ministry, the integrity, the power, the message, the work that the Bible League has done for more than eight decades here in the United States and around the world. So join us now, 1-800-YES-WORD, 1-800-YES-WORD, or online at wordfm.com. Michael, we're excited. Let's hit that goal. Thanks for being with us. Amen. Thank you, John and Kat. Our great pleasure. 1-800-YES-WORD on this week of Thanksgiving, the ultimate act of gratitude to give to those who do not have. Give them the power of God's word. 1-800-YES-WORD for wordfm.com. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cars would stop, the threats would stop. It was easy like... uh. One, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell & Cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line. Their homes, retirement, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. If we can be of help to you, give us a call. Online at CordellCordell.com. Offices in Pittsburgh, Beaver, and Cranberry Township. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for at snc.tv. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. 
In those days, ten men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say, We want to go with you, for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments, unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. here on 101.5 Word FM. I saw an article in Associated Press about uh, two Lyft drivers. One of them is an ordained pastor from Brooklyn. The other is a mom who lives in New Jersey. And uh, both of them, as they drive Lyft, one uh, lives in Brooklyn, as I said, one in New Jersey, they focus in, on Manhattan. Now, of course, the cab industry has changed tremendously in Manhattan across all of New York City. And Lyft and Uber have really taken the lion's share from Yellow Cab. But both of these people, the ordained pastor and the young mom, they evangelize while people are getting in and taking a drive in the car. Now, both of them say this, that they don't try to force the conversation. What they hope to do is to um, be an easy presence. Uh, the pastor says, I always play classical music in my, on my stereo to encourage a calm, pleasant mood. I begin with a greeting and a kind word. The priority, he says, is to introduce passengers to Jesus, but he's respectful if they are not receptive. They're often Christian, but he says, I've also spoken to atheists, Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, Muslims, and instead of trying to preach, he says he focuses his message on the love of God and tends to avoid doctrine. He said, you know, that's been the conflict. The repellent for healing and transformation. It's discussion and debates that have caused holy wars. Now, the single, the mom, the young mom, she says, I tell my story when my story is probably like a lot of people of walking away from God and finding new life in Christ. And it just comes up naturally, she said, in the course of conversation. But both the pastor and the young mom, they... They consider themselves evangelists first and then ride sharers second. And they said they love the job. They make, of course, a living from it, but it gives them an opportunity to share their faith. And I think it's really an interesting thing. I would imagine they get a lot of back, backlash, right? Please don't talk to me about God. Sure. Please don't talk to me at all. But there is an opportunity for people to be receptive. We know people like this, Kath, who you know spend their life's work evangelizing. Yeah, we do. And as interesting of a story as that is... To me, what might be the most interesting part is that you were reading that from the Associated Press today. Yeah. I mean, I think so it's interesting. It's, it's not like it's from some fringe you know, Christianity Christian, Today right, or something no, like that or that. Christian not News that Now. Christ, not that Christianity Today is fringe. No, but, but you, you know, know, it's not like it's not a, mainstream it, media. Right, it's, not a, uh, it's not a Christian or a religious website that's doing a story like that. Right. Well, you see this. I mean, you see this increasingly, I believe, that a, a lot of main mainstream organizations, whether it's, you know, the old publications like Time or Newsweek or Associated Press, heck, I mean, even, you know, liberal publications like the New York Times or the Washington Post, they regularly post stories about Christian faith, recognizing that a percentage of their listenership, their readership, are also believers. And even if they're not, it's a way for them to to equip and engage. Yeah, we recently met a uh, a reporter, former reporter, who worked for a um, large-scale news agency. And she said that it, as a Christian, it wasn't that she was treated badly. She was actually treated very well because they needed her to kind of translate what religious people think 
to their ears. So the people that were running the news organization that she worked for were not churched. They weren't religious people. Faith wasn't a part of their life, but they knew it was the part of the lives of some of their readers. And so they needed somebody who could kind of bridge the gap between there. She said she was, you know, happy to be that person. Right. So I think it speaks well of the organization that they realize that faith is a thing that they don't understand. I think the problem I have with a lot of the things I read, in particular in the New York Times or Washington Post, is that I feel like they don't recognize how little they know. And so they go off talking about an issue in a world of which they're ignorant. Right. It's There's nothing, sort of... ro- nothing wrong with being ignorant about a world, but certainly not asking the appropriate questions when you're entering into it or speaking about it. I think that's something that you need to fix. It's like talking with strangers. It is. You need to know who your audience is and what they're translating to you. You may not understand the language that's being said. So the conversation will be different if you don't understand where they're coming from. Did you start to read it? I did. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. Yeah. Montezuma. Isn't that interesting? Fascinating. Look at what happened there. Yeah. Talk about a clash of cultures and then it turned into disaster. It surely did. For the Aztecs, it did, without a doubt. All right, we'll take a break. We'll reset for the 5 o'clock hour. This is The Ride Home, where Pittsburgh's Christian talk and the radio station is Word FM. Thanks for being with us. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word, Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With the SEC. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Investigators in Colorado Springs still trying to determine a motive in the weekend mass shooting at an iClub that left five people dead and many wounded. Sabrina Aston's 28-year-old son, Daniel, among those killed. It's just a nightmare that you can't wake up from. And um, I keep thinking it's, you know, it's just, it's a mistake. They've made a mistake. And and he's really alive. The alleged shooter, a 22-year-old man taken into custody. A strong 5.6 magnitude earthquake has toppled buildings and collapsed walls on Indonesia's densely populated island of Java, killing more than 160 people. The nation's major shipping company is good shape to get shoppers' packages delivered on time this holiday season. Carriers like U.S. Postal Service, UPS, and FedEx are expected to have excess capacity. This is SRN News. Persecuted Christians in China, they're beaten, jailed, and threatened with death, and they need your help today. This is Bible League International, and just outside of Beijing, 12-year-old Ming became a believer after learning English as a second language through a program from Bible League because the Bible is the source of the reading assignments. Ming would lead her father, Daiku, a Confucianist to Christ, but her bitter atheist mother has turned them in for attending a house church near their home outside of Beijing. Now, we're not sure what's going to happen to these two, but they remain faithful in worship, and they're praying for Bibles because in their church of 200. There's only about three Bibles. Many are known to stay after the service to write down some scriptures just to have something to take into their week. And 50-year-old Katsu, beaten and jailed many times as a pastor, he led his atheist interrogator to Christ. Together they've seen thousands come to Christ. They need Bibles in China. Join Word FM and Bible League in blessing 5,000 Bibleist persecuted believers at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20. Call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at Word FM 
rockfm.com. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. What's the best product I bought this year? Oh, that's easy. Salon Paz Pain Relieving Patches. The proven medicines in Salon Paz Patches reduce my pain and let me do the things I need to do every day. In a recent clinical study, patients using Salon Paz reported improved sleep, mood, and the ability to work. They had less pain and were able to reduce their use of oral pain medications. For pain, I use Salon Paz. It's good medicine. He sent me to. The holidays are upon us. Folks are heading downtown to shop and see the sights. But the most stunning place just might be First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh with our sanctuary all decked out for Christmas. Best of all, we celebrate what Christmas really means. So come, bring your family and friends for Sunday worship, 1045 326th Avenue. Then stay downtown to eat and shop. The true light of Christmas shines at First Presbyterian Church. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 24. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow. Quiet weather for early holiday travelers. A high 47. Clear skies tomorrow night. Low 28. Plenty of sunshine Wednesday with a high of 51. Taking a look at the Thanksgiving Day holiday Thursday. We'll see some sunshine. Expect a high Thursday of 52. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Reproductive science does some wild things. I mean, we've talked about this in the past. Sometimes it you know, borders on Frankenstein. And then you hear a story like this, read a story like this. I saw this over the weekend on CNN. So way back in April of 1992... Vanessa Williams, Save the Best for Last, topped the Billboard 100. Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton was running for the White House. Who's the Boss was airing its final episode. (laughs) And the babies that were born last week to Rachel and Philip Ridgway a couple of weeks ago were frozen as embryos. 1992. Wait, so they were frozen as embryos? Mm Mm-hmm. 30 years ago, but they were just born. Yep. They were born on October 31st. Lydia and Timothy Ridgway were born from what may be the longest frozen embryos to ever result in a live birth. Um, Philip Ridgway says this. 
There's something mind-boggling about it, as he and his wife cradled their newborn twins in their laps at their home outside of Portland, Oregon. I was five years old. The father was five years old when God gave life to Lydia and Timothy, and he's preserving that life ever since. Quote, in, in a sense, they're our oldest children, even though they're our smallest children, Ridgeway said. The Ridgeways already have four other children, eight, six, three, and almost two. None were conceived via IVF or donors. The embryos were created for an anonymous married couple using in vitro fertilization. The husband was in his, in his then in his early 50s, and then they used a 34-year-old egg donor. The embryos were frozen April 22, 1992. For three decades, they sat in storage in, on tiny straws kept in liquid nitrogen at nearly 200 degrees below zero in a device that looks like a propane tank. The embryos were kept at a fertility lab on the West Coast until 2007 when the couple who created them then donated the embryos to the National Embryo Donation Center in Knoxville, Tennessee, in hopes that another couple might use them. The five embryos were overnighted in specially outfitted tanks to Knoxville. The Ridgeway's doctor, he said, we've never had, the Ridgeway doctor said, uh, Dr. James Gordon, he said, quote, we've never had in our minds a set number of children that we'd want, want to have. I was happy to help the Phillipses bring these babies to life. We always thought that we'll have as many as God wants to give us. When we heard about these embryos and adoption, we thought that this was something we could do to bring frozen life to life. And so we have. Is that wild? I'm sp- I don't even know what to say about that. The National Embryo Donation Center is a private Christian-led organization. It requires recipients to, quote, pass a family assessment and says couples must be a genetic male and a genetic female married for a minimum of three years. The center says it has helped with the birth of over 1,200 infants from donated embryos. That's wild. I mean, so is there anything in the article? Where, where are you reading that from? I'm sorry, this is from this CNN. Is, um, right. CNN. Yeah, yeah, you said that. Okay, sorry. Is there anything in there that says how they did they choose those particular embryos because they were the oldest, or was that just is it just chance? I think it was just chance. I, I'm sorry, there's nothing in here that says you know how that happened. Embryos can be frozen pretty much indefinitely. Experts say if you're frozen at nearly 200 degrees below zero. The biological processes essentially slow down to nothing. And so perhaps the difference between being frozen for a week, a month, a year, a decade, two decades, three decades, or longer, it doesn't really matter. The age of the embryo shouldn't affect the health of the child. What matters more is the age of the women who donated the egg that went to the embryo. Uh, The babies, two twins. One born five pounds, 11 ounces. The other was six pounds, seven ounces, ounces, good sized babies. Quote, it really is God's grace because he has just sustained us each step of the way and given us this gift for our family. That's wild. So the parents are like five years older than the kids. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Like original age. Yeah. 
I don't even know how to think about that. Well, I mean, I'm glad I'm super glad that there's an organization that is taking, you know, ownership, caretakership of these embryos. Yeah, a Christian organization yeah. that makes it a point to go into We have to talk to them on the air. I wonder how many I wonder how many embryos are frozen. I heard that number in this country pretty recently and it was like sh- a shockingly like disturbingly thousands, high number. Thousands of embryos. Yes, I I, I want to say it was hundreds of thousands. Huh. In the hopes of Okay, so there the, this story that we're just saying a 50-ish year old guy wanting to have a baby with his with his wife but the the egg donor I mean this the, the egg ran, donor was a random person I don't know If you're childless and you want a baby this isn't an, an opportunity Right sure I mean I I I love it as odd as it is It's a different kind of adoption It's not a legal adoption is it? No, but don't you think in its essence it is a it form is an of adoption? adoption? Of course, because it it's not you know the natural process. Right. It's not the husband's sperm and the woman's egg. Right. The husband, husband and wife. It's someone else. Right. But implanted in the mother. This couple. This Thirty young, years later. Yeah. She gave birth to these babies, these twins. People want babies, right? We yeah. Are, we are yeah, pro life. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's just an odd way to come about. Yeah. It. We're going to book these people and bring them on the air. Yeah. Because it's a fascinating thing to think how science is intersecting with our faith. And, right? I mean, look at this. Here we are. The end of Roe v. Wade and all the different yeah. stories around it, the politics around it, and the life around it. So yeah. it's fascinating. We're going to take a break. Coming up next, Ryan Burge, our friend from Eastern Illinois University, will be with us. Is it true that the people who go to church are the ones that are uneducated? And poor. We'll talk about it next. Ride home. 101.5 WORD. Score a pair with a pens. We have two pairs of great seats for the Wednesday, November 29th game versus the Hurricanes, and we want to share them with our Word FM family. To be entered into the drawing, we need two sentences telling us why you want to go. Put those two sentences in an email and send it to us at contests at SalemPittsburgh.com. That's contests at SalemPittsburgh.com. Crosby scores! The game's coming, so fire up that email to us right now. Contest at SalemPittsburgh.com. Let's go, Pens! I was talking to one of my sisters recently. And she said that she refused to even look at her 401k and her retirement investments because the thought of doing so made her a fidgety, anxious mess. So uh, out of sight, out of mind. I, I get it. And I'm sure you do, too. But the good news is we've been here before. And hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll hear the strains of happy days are here again in the interim. The family at United Faith Mortgage wants to remind you that if you're a homeowner, you're sitting on a pile of cash because home values have gone bonkers. And so your home can be a portal into a cash-out refinance, providing you with an immediate source of money to pay off debts, do some home improvements, or just build up your nest egg again. United Faith Mortgage, where the direct lender advantage is everything, saving you lifelong money. United Faith Mortgage, faith and family matter. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment is a perfect time to switch to MediShare 
The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. This is Greg Trusinski from the Original Mattress Factory. As we enter this holiday season, we're reflecting upon what we're grateful for. At OMF, we're grateful for you, our customers. We've been hometown-made for more than 30 years, thanks to the support of our loyal customers and the communities in which we operate. We're also grateful for our employees, who are committed to providing the highest quality mattresses at a factory direct price. The Original Mattress Factory is wishing you and your family a happy and healthy holiday season and a wonderful new year. Perception is not necessarily reality, is it? Right? We often think about, oh, people take, well, if you go to a church, then you're out of the mainstream. You've got to be um, poor, disenfranchised somehow, not uneducated. That's been the sort of a narrative, I believe, we've been told, at least culturally, for a long, long time. I think the culture makers, which I would say, it's just a loose term that I would use for people who are in entertainment or in media. Um, a lot of people I would probably put in academia um, tend to make us think that people who have faith are of a little bit of a lower caste, maybe mm. um, a lower class system. Maybe they're people who aren't educated as well, and they're relying on myth or fable to get them through. They're not committed to science, and they don't really respect all of the you know educational prowess that humankind has achieved. Right. Well, Dr. Ryan Birch is back with us again to challenge those perceptions. Dr. Birch, uh, he's the author of 20 Myths About Religion and Politics in America and the Nuns, Where They Came From, Who They Are, and Where They're Going. His research appears on sites. Uh, religion and public just recently on 60 minutes and here with us live right now hey ryan welcome back hey john and kathy so good to be back with you guys thank you always a pleasure ryan all right so what is your research tell first of all do you agree with my assessment that that's kind of the messaging that we would often hear yeah so when i was in grad school there was this book that came out called what's the matter with kansas by thomas frank thomas frank was one of these like sort of media elite guys grew up in kansas and Kansas used to be a socialist hub of America. Eugene Debs was from Kansas. Mm -hmm. And so when he grew up, it was a left-leaning place. And then when he comes back as an adult, it's as red as red gets. So the book is trying to figure out what's the matter with Kansas. And his whole thesis is the Republican Party basically hoodwinked poor, uneducated Kansans to vote for the GOP because of abortion and gay marriage. And so the GOP could cut taxes for rich people. It basically got hoodwinked. And what's funny about that argument is everyone in the media elite kind of grabbed onto it. Like, look at these hillbillies in Kansas being, you know, tricked by um, the right wing establishment because they're using religion as a tool, basically, to get people to vote for the Republican Party. And if you look at the data, what you find is actually the people who go to church the most in America today are people with college degrees and people with middle or upper middle class incomes. Those making between sixty thousand and a hundred thousand dollars a year as a household with a bachelor's degree, are the most likely people to be going to church in America really? today. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's good news, isn't it? I mean, it goes against the narrative. Uh, talk about the research, Ryan. How did you break these? How did you break this down and find these numbers? So what's I think people don't fully like understand like the the data revolution that's gone on in social sciences. Let's say the last ten or twelve years used to be you get a survey of two thousand people and you were really cooking with gas, you yeah. know, twenty or thirty years ago. Now I have a survey that has four hundred seventy seven thousand people in it. <laughs> And there's a survey I look at that comes out every year that has 60,000 people in it. So now we can break people down into even smaller and smaller segments. You know, with a, with a big sample, you can look at people, let's say women between 18 and 22. You know, with a small sample, you can only look at maybe women between 18 and 40. Hmm. So now we can break down people into specific income brackets, not just like less than 50,000 or more than 100,000, but, you know, 40,000 versus 50,000 versus 60,000. So I'm looking at the cooperative election study. And if you look at people with a four-year degree, they're more likely to go to a church, synagogue, or mosque than someone with a high school diploma or less, regardless of income. But that relationship is what we call curvilinear, which means it's lower on the edges and higher in the top, which means that poorer people are less likely to go and the richest people are less mm. likely to go. But people in that middle class mm. is really where the, the education and income kind of fit the perfect – You know, that's the perfect relationship for, for religious service attendance right mm. now. Well, that's really interesting. Ryan, to what do you attribute that gap in understanding between the reality of what's going on and the people who talk about it? I think it's a if you you know if you spend any time online, which I don't recommend doing on social media. I mean, it's it, I kind of have you. to do it for my job now. But let's just say I've gotten better at not reading the comments. You see a lot of like young people having so much bluster and bravado about like, well, I got I read so and so book, and I don't need Sky Daddy anymore to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. It's just very like pretentious. Like you learn there's you know you learn just a, there's called a Dunning Kruger effect where you learn just a little bit about the world and think right. you're a genius. Yeah. <laughs> then you learn a lot about the world and realize you, you don't know anything about the world. Right. They're stuck at the worst part of the Dunning Kruger curve, which is they know <laughs> just enough to know something, but not enough to know they know nothing. Mm-hmm. And they come out with that and say, oh, you can't believe in God because of this argument about atheism or agnosticism. And they basically think that everyone got as much education they did, and they're, they're, other people are dumber than they are because they still believe in a higher power. But if you look back at even American history, I just finished the Hamilton biography. Mm. Hamilton became more religious as he got older. You know, He was one of the, the most brilliant minds of his age. If you look at the writings of guys like Washington and Madison and Adams, they all believed in God more in their elder years after they learned and read basically everything on the planet. So this idea that you learn more and God goes away is contradicted not just by statistics, but there's tons and tons of evidence from anecdotes out there of really intelligent people becoming more religious the more they learn about the world. Interesting. Okay, so then we'll go from the uh, the Kansas effect where you know everyone's a hillbilly in Kansas to mainstream yeah. media, right? Uh, Kath and I were just talking about this, Ryan, where it feels as though whether it's you know print media or electronic media or social media, they are hiring people probably like yourself in many ways who have a better handle on religion and uh, worship in America and using them as experts to inform their public. Now, heck. I I, just a couple of weeks ago, as I said, as you were coming in, I turned on 60 Minutes, and there you were. You were pegged by the producers of 60 Minutes to provide opinion and to sh- share your findings. Of course, we can always back up with numbers. See, that's the, that's what I really appreciate. There's some reporters who are really, really good 
and they're you know they're tasked with writing a story about an area they don't know a lot about. So they bring someone like me on board who can kind of be the translator. Yeah. I always tell people I'm the evangelical whisperer to the mainstream media, <laughs> where I can kind of yeah. you know describe to them what evangelicals believe in a sort of value neutral way. You know, not trying to make them look good or bad, just saying like here's how they think about this issue and here's why because. To be fair, you know the media is getting better at this. I will say this: some of the best religion reporters in America grew up in a religious household, whether it be Jewish, you know, evangelical, Catholic, or otherwise. So they understand it from an insider's perspective. It's really, really hard to talk to a reporter who did not grow up religious at all and like get the nuance and all the little things that go into religion because they weren't swimming in that soup when they were 12, 14, 18, 22 years old. So it's a lot harder with those people. But luckily, I think the media has gotten better at realizing what they don't know and bringing people in to help them understand this world in a more nuanced, full, objective way than they understand it. Fabulous. So would you mind sharing specifically about your experience with 60 Minutes? The producers called you. They flew you to New York. How was that experience? Was there appreciation on their end? Yes, there very much was. And I'll say this. That was a story that was a year and a half in the making. Um, That was not an overnight thing where they called me up on a Tuesday and I was there on a Friday. Um, That story started out as something else and sort of morphed and changed based on some events that were going on in the evangelical world, specifically the Southern Baptist Convention. But I I can't tell you how many – Phone calls and text messages and emails, I went back and forth with the producers of 60 Minutes to really get that story where it was. And I even got to look at the script that Anderson Cooper was going to read You know, in the, the beginning of 60 Minutes or that they sit on the stool and they read that piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I got to say like – yeah, you probably shouldn't say it that way or avoid that word specifically because it's so controversial. Let's talk about it in this way. Cool. And they were actually very receptive to those edits, knowing that I was trying to give them an objective view that would make both sides feel fairly uh, portrayed by that. And you know what's funny about that piece? It came out about Bart Barber, the president of the SBC. And I heard a lot of Southern Baptists say, wow, Bart Barber came off very well. He did. Mm-hmm. And then I heard a lot of you know non-Christian people go, that gave me a lot more understanding of what the evangelicals are thinking about. And I think to me, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I mean, I, I played a role in getting that piece yeah. in a very good objective shape that I think the average viewer can watch and appreciate. I mean, how valuable is that? Yeah. Okay. So what does that tell us about, I mean, obviously we think that John and I think that you're good at your job or we wouldn't be inviting you to be on the show You're excellent. so regularly, but what does that tell us about what's missing, I guess, from the dialogue in America right now? Because if, if what, if, if the role you played in that 60 minutes thing resulted in kind of both sides being able to say, huh, huh. like, you that know, makes that, sense. that's interesting. Then what are you doing that we're missing in other conversations? I go out of my way to see the other side, you know, to think about how the other other position is thinking about this issue. And am I portraying their position fairly? Am I portraying that this position or that position as objectively and as neutrally as I humanly can? Mm-hmm. And I think the media has gotten better at realizing their blind spots and realizing like there's so much nuance when it comes to religion that you need to bring in people who can give it. And I think for me, especially that the th- the secret sauce for me is I'm a pastor. So I live this stuff every single day from the pastoral side but I'm also, as a social scientist, not that I can be purely objective, but I can somehow pull back from that and go, okay, I see why non-Christians don't like this, or I see where atheists or agnostics are coming from on this issue. It's You don't have to agree with the other position to understand the other position, and I think that's something we've lost in the American discourse is you can hold two ideas in your head at the same time, and that doesn't make you, that makes you a better person, I think. You don't have to agree with either of them, but you need to wrestle with them, and I think the problem with people on both sides is – 
they're taught to respond to a debate. They already have their, their response in their head. They're not taught to actually listen and really inhabit the other side and think about it from their position, not just how to retort or respond to it, but also really inhabit the other side. And I think that's what the media needs to do more of, and they're doing better. I mean, there's still there's areas they write stories about religion that make me want to pull my hair out. But I think they're they're realizing their blind spots. I think we're in a better spot now than we were five or ten years yeah. ago. And I think that's true for all of us, right? Whether it's media or just me as a consumer of media, that I have to, you know, right before you joined us, we were talking about Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers. I have to understand the language that's being presented to me and somehow have the wherewithal or the knowledge or the intellectual curiosity to break that down so I can make sense of what is being presented to me, whether it is, you know, a secular perspective or you flip it, you know, from people who are secular, talking to people who are Christian or religious. It goes both ways. And I, I think I, I, the Malcolm Gladwell model is actually a model I think about a lot for my own life is he translates social science research to the average person. Mm. And I think that that's there's such a need for translation, like distillation. There's such mm-hmm. a synthesizer is like such an important role because think about all the information that's coming out on the Internet every single day. I mean how many articles are published in the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal every day? Think about how many academic journal articles are published every year and how many academic books are written about religion every year. We need more people like me to read all that stuff and go, I think I know what the average person needs mm-hmm. to know about this 300-page book or this really dense scientific article. And actually, I, I just took a job as a research director for a group called Faith Counts, and my job is to basically distill some of the best work about religion to the average consumer by using tweets, by using TikTok, by using YouTube shorts, by doing video and podcasts and audio. We need more translators in America because we're all dying for information, but we also need synthesizing and analysis and objective views on these things. I think academics need to get better at that. Good. And I think mainstream media, I mean, I think the narrative has been for a long time that if you're a believer in Jesus, you show up at a church on Sunday morning and all of a sudden you're swinging a, sta- a snake around the room and praying, <laughs> which is crazy. Right. And that's a lot of what I have to do is say, don't don't cover that person. They don't represent the average evangelical or the average Catholic or the average Jew. They are – we call it nut picking. You pick the craziest person and, p- and right. pick on them and go, that represents that whole tradition. And it's my job to go, in. no, 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 don't cover them because you are making them look as bad as humanly possible. Let's find a moderate, reasonable voice like Bart Barber, president of the Southern Baptist Convention, and go, that's what Southern Baptists are about. And he's going to say some things that you disagree with. But he's also going to say some things that you think are very reasonable and very good, Mm -hmm. and that's how people are when it comes to religion. They believe in some things you don't like and some things you like a lot, and that's how we all are. Fabulous. Ryan Burge, author of 20 Myths About Religion and Politics in America. Ryan, talk to us about the book, and how are things? Well, so 20 Myths came out in March. Nuns version 2 is coming out next May. And here's a little uh, first-time preview. I worked on a book called The Great Dechurching. It's coming out in August. And we did three surveys trying to find out why people left church and what would it take to bring them back. It's probably the largest data effort I've ever seen when it comes to the de-church people in America. Wow, that sounds terrific. That's Dr. Ryan Burge. Check out his books that are already out, The Nuns, Where They Came From, Who They Are, and Where They're Going. Plus, John already mentioned 20 Myths About Religion and Politics. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks so much. Great. Good to see you, Ryan. John and Kathy. I always appreciate talking to you guys. You as well, always. Take a quick break, because this makes sense, is next. Nothing in this world beats real-life experience. Now, of course, a lot of us have sent our kids to college. There's a lot of classroom work and theory and whatnot. But then, hopefully, there's a day where the rubber hits the road, Mm -hmm. and your kid 
goes out and spreads wings and becomes part of the real life environment of what it is to earn a living. And prior to that, the internship is what gets you ready, right? That's the time when you're like kind of in the work world, but not fully in the work world, right? And you're kind of trying to test your wings and ask the questions and get some guidance and maybe perform well enough that you could get somebody's attention later on and maybe get a job. Right. Now at Grove City College, the opportunity for internships exists mm-hmm. and people cement themselves inside of a, a corporation. And once you graduate, then, I mean, the possibilities are endless. On campus, people come to Grove City and go, we know the nature, the quality mm-hmm. of these students. This is an A+. Plus. We're invested in these students because we see what you produce. Count us in as corporate partners. So if that sounds interesting to you or something that might be appealing and a great thing for your child to strive for, consider Grove City College. Look them up online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment is a perfect time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more? They like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Clear skies expected for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 24. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow. Quiet weather for early holiday travelers. A high 47. Clear skies tomorrow night. Low 28. Plenty of sunshine Wednesday with a high of 51. Taking a look at the Thanksgiving Day holiday Thursday. We'll see some sunshine. Expect a high Thursday of 52. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Pumping your own gas. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when you didn't pump your own gas, which was great. I mean, the guy would come out and pump the gas, clean your windows, check the oil, do that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, no. I mean, it's the same thing as like, you know, going to the grocery store and checking out your own groceries let's just get it done let's just go it's quick it's easy 
I'm not getting the service. You can pay for the service, of course, in some gas stations. But, yeah, it just makes sense. I have family that live in New Jersey. Yeah. A lot of my family live in New Jersey. You know, there's no pumping your own gas in New Jersey. Why? What is that all about? The, because, the gas lobby. Yeah, the, the state has said that that's a job that people should have. So is their gas higher? No. Our really? gas is higher. It's Pennsylvania. Our gas, of course, we live in. Yeah. Of course. So I, in traveling back and forth between these two states all these years, yeah. John, I decided that pumping your own gas doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, because you sit there, especially when it's yeah, freezing okay, cold. And I'm not just trying to be lazy. But no, it's not I, lazy. I feel like in our effort in America to streamline everything, we just are removing a whole category of jobs for people. And that's a good job for somebody, right? And I don't know. So, Is it a good job? I, well, listen, think about all the people that are employed all over the state of New Jersey that aren't employed anywhere in Pennsylvania. And their gas prices are cheaper than ours. Yep. It's probably a safer. I mean, how many times do you have to pump and you kind of go, well, don't blow us up? Because right, you see coconuts sure. and they're out there, you know, on their phones or you're smoking a cigarette or whatever. And you go, please, please be safe, sir. Plus, right. wouldn't, wouldn't I benefit from having someone check my oil Y'all based on how much my car burns it? I sure would, yeah. Somebody. All right, yeah. I guess you changed oh, my mind there. Really? I yeah. convinced you oh, on yeah, that. Yeah. That's a first. All right. Does this make sense? You spend $1,200 on an iPhone and you buy, you know, like sort of an aftermarket cable and then you're charging your phone and the phone says, this accessory may not be supported. Are you kidding me? It kills me. I'm mean, trying to save a few bucks after I spending 1200 bucks on an, you know, an expensive right. iPhone and then I can't. They like own everything about me. Yeah, I I know everything. And and they want you to buy every extra junction box. They want you to buy every extra cable, every extra you know add on. I mean, you know, I buy cable for five bucks or something like that. Where you know Apple's going to charge me twenty five bucks, but it's don't worry, it's officially Apple. You know, and then I get my phone starts buzzing. This accessory may not be supported. That does not make any sense to me. No, just tax me off. It it tax me off too. You know how many accessories in my life aren't supported? (laughs) You got that right. Well, the good news is, if you live in Jersey, your gas is supported by some guy pumping it for you. Who's also checking your oil? That makes makes sense. sense. 101.5 101.5 WORD. Turning point with David Jeremiah. We ought to be known as people who love others, care about the needs of people who are less fortunate than we are. And we don't just stand around and watch it and talk about it in our small group, but we get involved. Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series, A Life Beyond Amazing, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 730 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell. I'm an author, a registered nurse, and a mom and wife to some of the pickiest eaters on the planet. People say that eating healthy is bland and boring, but I'm here to show you a better way with wholesome, simple recipes. Watch Dashing Dish on Cornerstone Television, Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eat better, feel great with Dashing Dish. Find us on Verizon Fios Channel 505 or Comcast Xfinity Channel 805. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. 
Do you have a passion for helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at LifeSteps. LifeSteps is hiring caring people to make a difference in the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. LifeSteps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Trinity Jewelers presents the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter today at wordfm.com. The big question for a lot of families on Thanksgiving Day is, when do we sit down to eat? Now, I saw an article uh, in the paper today in the Washington Post. It can be a thorny question, they're saying, right? I mean, some people some people want to eat Thanksgiving. Oh, this seems crazy to me. You're going to eat Thanksgiving dinner at noon. Oh, yeah. Now, I have no experience with that noon. at all. What time are you waking I up? I mean, the family I grew up in. Dinner was like at seven thirty, so I don't understand any of that. Thanksgiving early stuff. dinner, Thanksgiving every dinner. Okay, uh, right, right. Uh, our family seven seven thirty. Okay, so we're going to my sister's house. Thank you, Mary Jane. So we're gonna have we're gonna gather at two o'clock for drinks and hors d'oeuvres. Thank you, Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. And then dinners at three thirty. Okay, I That's, like that. That seems reasonable to me. Okay, but now. People who are used to eating, you know, dinner time, like it's they, they look at like three o'clock and like think, well, that's like crazy. It's in, in granite. Okay, but here's the good thing that I've imagined about doing a a Thanksgiving noon thing. Not that I've ever done it. I get what you're going to say. Is that you can eat you twice? You can nosh. <laughs> because here's the, right. You right. know this. You get so excited about Thanksgiving dinner, and then you eat and you go, "It's over. I'm full." It's uh, it, right. And then, and I don't eat anything before. Neither do I. Right. Bef- What's your, that's your strategy, but then I always think maybe that's a failed. Maybe, maybe you should well, have like of course, a little cushion maybe it is in there. A failed strategy. Like I should have a little something in there to sort of. Don't like, don't you think that it would be in our best interest to try the noon start? Well, and just see if like do a comparison. I'm not cooking. I'm not hosting Thanksgiving, so I'm not going to impose my will on someone else. Because here's the deal: to have you know a what noon that's start, like. You'd have to. I'd have to be up at the crack of dawn. You'd have to be up at five. Right. Right. Plus the house. I mean, I, you know, I'm always the cleaner and yeah, the, the yeah. organizer. I can't ever. There's that's, no way I can ever like pull that off. Crazy person. Noon. Uh, that's fine. Like if, people you know. are are going to come to my house at five. What time? Uh, is that what time you're having dinner? Five. Well, five is when I told the, them that they were to arrive. Yeah. At five. And so oh, maybe that's we'd late. Eat at six. Do you think that's yeah, late? Yeah, that's late. Mm-hmm. What? 
It is. What do you mean? It seems late to me. Because here's the deal. You want to, I want to spend time. I want to hang out and talk. So at 5 o'clock, the day's pretty much shot. At 2, I'm hanging out. So what, it, your family thing is at 2 and you're going to eat at 3? 3. 3.30. You're gonna eat, so you're gonna hang up for an hour and a half before you eat at three thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know no one's gonna be there. T- you know you're not gonna be there at two o'clock. You have to be you know fashionably a little bit late. I don't want to like spring it on someone. And so then you know you got an hour of hanging out with hors d'oeuvres and drinks, and then the- I don't know if I want to do hors d'oeuvres and drinks before Thanksgiving is meal. My sister, you th- no, yeah, my you, sister, no, you have to like, do that. Okay, she's got it down. All right. Okay. Five so- seems like you know the day's over and you're gathering, and then what? And then. What time are people going to stick around till? Well, I don't know. You're causing me to rethink the whole thing. No, 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 no. Don't listen to me. I'm no, just, well, I am because you're just, talking about it on the radio, and I pay attention to what I hear on the radio. I, I'm just going off. My sister is a, is a, she knows the hosting thing. That makes sense to me. So, like you know, so you're taking a shower at noon in anticipation of go, leaving at two ish, getting in the car at two ish to be at the house at two thirty ish. And then, you know, I'm going to eat and have a little shrimp cocktail or a little, you know, some kind of, you know. Having some shrimp cocktail. My sister, she does it right. I mean, I love going to her house. She really does it up. I'm going to have a little something, you know, a little cracker with some cheese or whatever. Yeah. Something, you know, a little nosh, a drink or so. See everybody. Hey, what's going on? A little hugging and kissing. Hey, we, uh, miss, you know, blah, blah, blah. An hour or so into it, she starts plating things up. Boom. We're good to and go. And is it, are you going to do a sit-down thing? Is this a oh, buffet yeah. no, arrangement? No, we're sitting down. Okay. Is this a buffet arrangement? And there's a you... kid table. Okay. No, it's like, you know, past the plates. I mean, okay. pa- past the, the stuffing. Mm-hmm. You do buffet? I think I, I like might. A buffet. I think I might do buffet just because of the arrangement of my house. Right, I think right. That I get might that. Might be a good yeah. option. We have the kids. You know, do you have, but then there's no kids table if you're doing a buffet, is there? No, because we only have two kids right now. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. So, we have a lot of kids. Yeah, we only have two. So they're going to be at the ground. I love seeing the kids, you know. I mean, okay, let let me bring up something else. All right. Washington Post. The things not to talk about at Thanksgiving dinner. Now, of course, we all know religion and politics. No, no. I have. Are you ready? I have some new things. More things I I got to worry about now? I think this is a pretty good article. I want to give the person credit. This is uh, Tara Parker Pope. Tara Parker Pope. Thank you, Tara. We know that name. Do we? I think so. I don't know, Tara. And she, go to high school with her. If she's been on the show and I don't remember, I apologize. Right. Don't comment on what others are eating. Well, who's going to do listen, that? Uh, people, tons of people. Although it's fine to praise the chef or talk about how much you love sweet potato casserole, refrain from making comments or jokes about what others are eating or not, because discussion of food choices can I get that. That's, different that's wise. There's some wisdom there. Like he said, exam- examples of food shaming you might want to stay away from food are. Shaming. Wait, Everything's a shaming just now. Just relax. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you eat like a bird. Or mm-hmm. are you going to eat all of that? Mm-hmm. Like we want to avoid those two extremes. Right. Third piece of pie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Stop talking about the wine. Yeah, okay. Pro- I think we can all agree. Right, it's probably- right, 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 right. Don't ask students about grades. Oh. School problems or college plans? <laughs> you know, because that's a, that's like a default, isn't it? You see a kid who's Stop, college or right. high school age. Hey, how you doing there? Right. What are how your are grades, grades like? Yeah, are, are you, you haven't graduated yet. Is there a problem there? Discussing <laughs> no, bad kids. grades or problems nope. at school at the dinner table will Mm-mm. just make them dread eating with the family. Yeah, yeah, I get that. 
Avoid asking people about having kids or getting married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever going to get married? Oh, uh, that's our old producer, Christy. She had suffered oh, through that conversation numerous times. How right? about well-intentioned comments like, it'll happen, don't give up, or... Oh, are you going to try again? Oh, no, that's That's horrible. That's That's horrible. Of course, skip the politics, right? And this is a good thing. Remember that everyone needs rescuing from time to time, Mm -hmm. okay? So if there are... Awkwardness. Exactly. Uncomfortable. Exactly. swoop in there. You might have to step in. Right, right. You might have to step in. Okay, so at your house, when you're hosting in the holidays, is the TV on? Well, because it's Thanksgiving and football is on, I think it will be. Yeah. You don't you don't like that idea. No, I don't like that idea. Yeah. Because all of a sudden people's are fixated on the tube and I want to visit. Don't you want to visit? Yeah. I mean, certainly during dinner the oh, TV will be off. off. Turn that off. For sure. But I think the rest of the time I think the TV will be on. Don't, I know. I mean, well, you love I, to watch football. I on do, but I I just would rather visit, I mean, and see people and talk. It's it doesn't I read this article a while ago, you know, there's like, when you get to be, you know, X, you think, how many more holidays will will there be? Mm -hmm. How many more times will we gather like this? I mean, so you want to really invest in that opportunity that's before you, Mm because time is passing. So, you know, next year, it it might be different. People might not be at the table who were there this year. I I miss those opportunities. Right. Heck, I might be gone. So right. I, I want to make sure I get my, you know, but shots ha- in. But having the football in, football mm. on during the nosh, you think is it going to get in the way of you? The football in during the meal? No, oh, absolutely. No, no, no. I mean during the, the, the initial noshing of the appetizer issue. We've got football for months and months and months and months and months. And, I mean, it's on forever. I, and I love football. But seriously, if you can't give it up for a few hours, two hours while people start to get together, I don't want Yeah, but you're going to be together for like six hours based on what you just told me. You know what? Uh, I'll, I, I'll DVR it if I'm that desperate. Because you know what? The, like the Steelers are playing on Christmas Eve. I'm not going to watch that. Mm. That's not going to be on. And okay. I'm not going to be like, you know, hard-fisted about it. But so when some the, things what, are sacred. When the Steelers played on Christmas... Four or five I, that, years I did ago, not you like did, that. You did, no, you I didn't don't watch like that. it. I, I don't remember. Okay, that's just bad. I think it's bad for the for everybody. What we've elevated now football to this holy no, sacred place. Maybe, we have. We you, have. Okay. We've taken football has taken yeah, over well, everyone's life. You're probably life. right about that. It's become but holy. Still, you you know you record it. You kind of watch it after dinner. No, it's still not acceptable. Uh, yeah, you want to record it and watch it, you know, in the don't tell me about the game. I don't want to know. That's fine. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, I'll catch up with it later. But time is short. I don't I just I need to see people. Especially I mean, you're aren't you hungry for company? I mean I'm just hungry, yeah. Yeah. For I, sure. I mean I'm excited to see people, of course. I don't need to hear Joe Buck or, you know, Chris Collingsworth. But it does it it it, it contributes to the, you know, jovial I get atmosphere. It. I get it. Yeah, sure. That's fine. I mean, you don't sound like it's fine. It's um, not fine. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Some things are sacred. Family just gathering around the table. Just don't talk about grades, or ask somebody if they're getting married. You gonna eat, really eat that? Exactly. How many pieces of pie? Oh, seriously, I'm I'm at least having two pieces of pie. Well, I'm having pie and cake, both. Cake, cake. I'm making cran- Thanksgiving cake. I'm making cranberry oh. cake. I'm making pumpkin pie, yeah. two pumpkin pies, and cranberry cake. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Thank you so much. I will have both. Would you save me a piece of that cake? Woo-hoo! Thank you. Our fan is excited. Yeah, right. I like to have that cranberry cake. Oh, would you? With a little bit of like whipped cream on the side? If you want. Scott.
save a little space there, okay? I'll put it away in a little saran Very nice. Thank you. Attention! If you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance, and you better watch out because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients, A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. There's nothing like hearing the songs you love on local radio with no subscriptions and no monthly fees. But there's a new bill in Congress that could stop the music. If passed, this bill would tax your local radio station simply to play the music you love. Text LOCAL to 52886 and ask Congress to support local radio stations. Help us keep you connected to the music, local news, weather, and traffic that you need each day. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Make time during the busy holiday season to prepare your heart for Christmas. Request the Advent devotional titled, The Dawn of Redeeming Grace, from Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. In 24 brief daily readings, author and theologian Sinclair Ferguson unpacks the birth narratives in Matthew's Gospel to shed new light on this familiar story. Donate and ask for your copy at truthforlife.org slash donate. Do you need new blinds or shades? Blindster offers custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters shipped to you at prices less than big box retailers. And right now, save 45% off any order during Blindster's Black Friday sale. Hurry, sale ends November 27th. Blindster.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. A new cemetery chapel, which honors victims of the Pittsburgh Tree of Life synagogue attack, has opened. Um, Peter Smith wrote an article for the Associated Press that's kind of been on our desks for the last week or so. But I wanted to make sure I mentioned it today. Um, at a private ceremony, a congregate, the Congregation of the New Light, uh, it's one of the uh, congregations that met at Tree of Life. Right. Several congregations R- met there. Right. Right. Um, the New Light Congregation dedicated the chapel, which is in Shaler. It's called the New Light Memorial Chapel. Um, and, uh, of course, they honored the 11 people killed in the massacre with a particular tribute to three of its members who had served as, quote, the religious heart of the New Light Congregation. Mm-hmm. That's what the co-president, Stephen Cohen, said. Um, 
the chapel is located um, north of, of Pittsburgh and north of the Squirrel Hill area, in case you're not familiar with where Shaler is. Um, and it is open now. And it includes a display of religious items that belonged to the three martyrs. Uh, Richard Gottfried, um, his shofar is there that he used for High Holy Day services, uh, a travel prayer book used by Melvin Wax, and a biblical study guide used by Daniel Stein. Uh, Cohen said that these three people, quote, were our leaders for the most important aspects of our congregational life. The chapel also includes displays about New Light's founding by Romanian immigrants who had fled the 19th century anti-Semitic persecutions in Europe. Um, it includes a stained glass window that has three stars honoring Gottfried, Stein, and Wax. Mm-hmm. So thank you to Peter Smith for that Very AP good. article. You're probably like me, Kath. You know, I, I drive by Tree of Life uh, several times or more a week. Mm-hmm. It's just part of my commute in many ways, you know. And it, it's kind of funny what you get used to, right? Um, yep. You drive by, the fencing is still up. Um, there, I know there's been a, there has been a lot of of work inside the building, and now there's a new architect that's hired, and so work is going to be done. But man, four years after the fact, it still feels pretty fresh. It does. You know, especially with the rise of you know uh, anti-Semitism, and, and I don't think that's any sort of an exaggeration. I mean, all you had to do was look at last week at uh, Twitter or two weeks ago when Kanye West and Yee, you know, was talking about anti-Semitic tropes. I mean, here it is in America. I mean, I remember, like, I went to I went to a high school in Swissvale. There was one Jewish kid in our high school graduating class. Uh, I, I remember the first time I went to uh, college and and met people who were Jewish, and you know was like surprised that anti-Semitism. This is how naive and you know just ignorant I was how, that anti-Semitism, even in the seventies and the eighties, was a thing. Right. And thought, well, that'll never happen right, again. Are I mean, we that's, past that? yeah, that, that's not really gonna. And it keeps resurfacing. It's I can't. So when it does resurface, I guess now at my age, I think I'm not surprised by it, but I'm still surprised by it. Yeah, yep. I was looking at um, you know, going through the uh, streaming services the other day. I was on HBO, and there's a, a, docu- a new documentary out about Tree of Life. Really? And I, I went and looked it up. Um, there's a filmmaker from Pittsburgh. Her name's uh, uh, Trish Aldisick, and she was in town uh on October 25th, 2018, her father had just turned 91. Now, uh, Trish Aldisick, she was part of the, um, there's a, a, a film that's been out, I think probably a decade or more, called Gasland, which was about mm. natural gas and fracking oh, yeah, and sure, whatnot. Right. Uh, that's beside the point. But she, there she was. She, she grew up literally five minutes from Tree of Life. And so she was in town, and she said, when this happened, she decided that she was going to stick around and pull out her camera. She just, she ended up staying in Pittsburgh for three years. Wow, just developing the documentary. Yep, she said um, she was wary of the you know the idea of a true crime treatment because she had seen trauma before in her documentary filmmaking, but this was the the, the sort of path that she had to take. Now here's the weird thing, because Pittsburgh is six degrees of separation. To help raise some money. Through her contacts, she reached out to Michael Keaton, Mark Cuban, hmm. Mark Cuban, and Billy Porter. Oh, wow. She said almost instantaneously, 
all three guys said, happy to support this. Tell me what you oh, need. Oh, that's awesome. That's really terrific. All these guys, you know, yeah. who are deeply so connected, yeah. they did. They Good. put up the major Good. share of money, and now this thing's on HBO Max, and it's super... Did you start to watch it? I did. I'm only, of course, you know how your streaming thing is. Yeah, I'm yeah. only halfway through. But if, you, if you're fortunate to have HBO Max, all you got to do is search for Tree of Life, and it's there. Okay. And it's from a very particular Pittsburgh perspective from someone who's been around the block a few times, no pun intended here, because she lives so close to Tree of Life. She sort of pulls back the cover of anti-Semitism, anti-Semitism in Pittsburgh, and, of course, the tragedy of Tree of Life. I remember years ago, I was in Squirrel Hill. I was walking up Murray Avenue, and I heard somebody yelling at a Jewish guy. And, and he was like, it was vile. It was some kid talking to some a guy who owns that the newspaper stand is long gone. Yeah, sure, I remember that stand. And it was angry. And I walked by, and I regret that I didn't jump in and... Say, what are you doing? But the guy was obviously in control. But, I mean, there it was right in front of my face. You see it. And now, of course, with the rise of social media, so you, you see it say, as well. We have to say something. you got to speak up. Yeah. It's wrong. It, yeah. So, Pittsburgh Proud, Tree of Life, we're all part of this. Look at that HBO documentary. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. There are a lot of reasons the red tsunami turned into a red trickle. In some places, one of them might have been the camp.